Welcome to the OCD, bitch. The show where we take an in-depth episode-by-episode look at the seminal and underrated primetime soap opera of the early aughts, the OC. I'm your host for the evening, Mike Gravano. With me, as always, my best buddy, Ryan. Hey, Mike. Thank you so much for having me tonight. Don't interrupt me. I can feel you're about to step over my line. This is all I have right now. At a certain point, you're just going to take over and do all of the talking. Can I just say... Thank you for letting me be here. Thank you for being here. This is all you, buddy. What? We, we got to back up a little. This is all you have right now? This is, this is what I have going right now, yes. This Why? Is like at my high school reunion, this is what I tell people I'm doing. I'm on a... I just scream at them, OCD! <laughs> and they bitch. understand, yeah. <laughs> and they just shake their heads and hug each other for some reason. Yeah, why hug each other? <laughs> They're so I could sad. use a hug every <laughs> once in a while. But they don't want to get your scuzz on them. Uh-huh. Are you a go-to high school reunion type of guy? Absolutely not. Why not? Because you got only this going for you? Hold on. Are you just trying to start a conversation, or are you actually confused as to whether or not I would go to a high school reunion? Why can't it be both? I don't think... Do we need them anymore? Yes. Because I went to my tenure, and it was fascinating to see who shows up and who doesn't, and who gets drunk and just apologized to people for being a piece of shit. <laughs> Wait, from high school or from that night? <laughs> from high school. Okay. And then, oh, I'm still... Exp- Waiting for the apologies from being a piece of shit that night. But isn't the main thing who got fat, who got bald? Yes. So many people got fat and bald. It was crazy. But there's definitely people who are like, and I was just so mean to you. And I was like, I had one class with you. I don't remember you at all. Ooh, that's the ultimate meanness. <laughs> to tell them that their meanness doesn't yeah. matter to you. It doesn't, doesn't even matter. But you're lying, right? Like, you remember every second every of them being mean. Yeah, of course. second. I th- that's how I go to sleep at night. Yes, you jerk off thinking of this and then go to sleep. I just Arya Stark it and just list off their names as I fall asleep. And my fiance hates it. She's like, stop saying people's names I don't know. This is why she has to wear her big headphones to go to sleep. Noise-canceling headphones brought to you by Beats by Dre. Listening to the Dave Matthews Band? That's her favorite band? No. Ew. Come on. Don't, I don't. I know the rule is yes and, but ew, you're disgusting. Not that kind of shit. It's Mo. I apologize. If we're going to go into dumb dit jam bands. It's Mo. That's who she's into. Mo? What is that short for? More. Mo-isic? More music, more problems. <laughs> I understand. Don't you? Ryan? It's a bit hot today. It is. It's a bit loopy today. So now we're talking about the weather. No. That's what you want to do? I was talking about this new mesh shirt I have on. Okay, your mesh shirt is hot. Hot. I, how uh, many W's are in that hot? Just the one. Did you not know how to spell? It's just the one. But I like it, though. I cannot believe, no matter how much weight you lose, and you're looking pretty good right now. Thank you. Uh, I've learned from watching you that you just can't lose nipple weight. Like, your nipples will always be that same size. It feels like maybe I said thank you too soon. <laughs> Because I thought you were just being a good friend, and then it turned into that. No, I'm complimenting you on no. your giant... I'd rather be... Uh, you know those like novelty Hershey Kisses you can buy <laughs> that are like three pounds? This is what is popping out of your mesh shirt right now. I would rather be bigger with nipples that match than weirdly skinny with giant nipples. As the nursery rhyme goes. Aesop went all over the place, and we only remember like the good stuff, but he got creepy. Out of all the famous nipples, were Aesop's the biggest in the... Kissiest? Yeah, Aesop's nipples. And I mean, by kissiest, I mean looks like Hershey Kisses, not I want to kiss them. Isn't it one and the same? That's true. Girl, you got those kissy nipples. Or those Hershey nipples. What is the grossest, I hate grossest when, way to say that? I hate when I say things and then you go into like an R&B breakdown. Like that's not... Girl, <laughs> no, you left me here all alone in a corner. you do this. And I got to tell you, you got those Hershey Kiss nips. Do you see... Okay, now that it's out of your brain, do you and see how gross it is? And now can you do the fun is? part? Like, oh, but I still okay. No. Like a little nipples. I know that the rules of improv mean that, yes, and <laughs> I have to continue your R&B nipple song. <laughs> I like the, the OCD rules of improv is, I know what I should do right now, but, and then you go. Fuck you. <laughs> how about that? Fuck you. How about this, Ryan? Okay, how about Fuck this? Fuck you. I'm supposed to write a song right now, and my muse is your giant purple squish nips that I have to look at through your mesh shirt. Yes. What? Giant purple squish nips is a great line. How is that going to inspire me to write a song? Look how is them. it not? Somebody had to do fucking giant purple people eater. Maybe it's by looking at my big fucking purple squish nips. Baby bottles were inspired by actual nipples, but Uh it looks like your nipples were inspired by baby bottles. Like, it's one step further than them. That's too far. That's hurtful. (laughs) That's okay. I'm I'm crossing the line. Thank you to the Holophonics for writing our lovely tunes. And Ryan tonight? (laughs) Yes. On the OC. On Thanksgiving Day, Ryan visits Trey in prison and gets roped into delivering a hot car. Marissa tags along with Ryan to get a look at the neighborhood where he was born and raised and meets the people Ryan left when he came to Newport. 
back home, Kristen is not allowed to cook Thanksgiving dinner. And Sandy and she are trying to set up Jimmy and Rachel. And Caleb and Julie crash the party. Meanwhile, Seth is on Summer and Anna like a real chump. All that and more when we come back. Ryan, it's another very special episode of the OCD because everyone is special, Mike. But this is just a little more specialer because we have another friend from the Unnatural 20s introducing books. Hey, everyone. It's McKenna, a.k.a. Books. Oh, it's the return of the Max. (laughs) Jesus. So books is from Dirty Gross Riverside. Can't you tell from the way I talk? Let's focus on something real quick, the way that she talks. McKenna, were you recently at a museum or uh, like a science lab and got bit by a radioactive goose and now have all of the voice powers of a goose? It's true. It's true. Watch out for my comic books. They're going to be spectacular and focus on pond life. Books, I know you recently had your second anniversary, which is when you start to get freakier with your significant other. Did you guys uh, experiment with choking? Books, you sound like uh, somebody put that Frost and the Snowman hat on a recorder, like that shitty kid's instrument, and it came to life and now you're here recording a podcast. Books, do you know what it's like when a radio is dying in a hot car and it's just all the static and squealing melding together while the car sputters out of the muffler? Yeah. Is that what you are? (laughs) Or somebody put a tape labeled annoying into a Teddy Ruxpin and now we have to speak to it. Oh, no. that's it's A Teddy Ruxpin is on its last juice of lithium battery. Oh, battery's almost gone. The battery is dying. Say more stuff so we can make fun of it. So I could just continue to fuel your uh, increasing sense. No, I'm just going to go with Wheezy from Toy Story 2 and that's where I'm settling. No, but that's who I am. Wheezy. Wheezy's adorable. Exactly. You can start to like me. It's not just Wheezy. You sound like like the love child of Wheezy and the lady who served us lunch in middle school. Like, (laughs) oh, your voice right now. Or the love child of Wheezy from Toy Story 2 and Wheezy from the Jeffersons. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. Melting together. Books, you're from Dirty Gross Riverside, which is why your voice is dirty and gross. It's true. What? Stop eating dirt. We can't help it. That's all we have around. So we kind of just naturally gravitate towards that. Just, and there's so much of it. And God made it. You know, And it doesn't hurt. Exactly. <laughs> what is uh, your relationship to the OC? I'm a, I'm a wannabe OC. Or I don't know. It's kind of weird. They made me take an entrance exam to get here. Um, you know, And part of it was watching the OC. Just to fit like I fit in. Were you one of those dirty, gross Riversiders who, on a 4th of July celebration, decided it'd be fun to throw trash cans through windows in downtown Huntington Beach? Is there any other way to do 4th of July? <laughs> it's crazy how with so many types of people, in order to become a citizen, they say uh, so many hard questions. Like, name every star on this flag, and if you get one wrong, then you have to go back to your original country. But for a white girl to just become a citizen of OC, it's like, did you watch this Fox TV show? You're in. You're that's in. fine. Yeah. Go ahead. Come on in. Okay, so that's your relationship to Orange County. Mm-hmm. What's your relationship to Orange County starring Jack Black and one Sean Brumner? Uh, very limited. Very limited. Very limited. You've never just, seen Orange County? I've never seen Orange County. It's oh so good. <laughs> it all sounds so dramatic. <laughs> like she's on the verge of being... <laughs> I'm Uh, no, I'm wasting my last breath on you guys. So. <laughs> Seriously. The, the We've never had a death live on a show before. <laughs> no podcast ever has, and we are going to be the first. It's happening. Did you guys ever hear about that British comedian who, this is like in the 70s, who had a heart attack live on stage, but he was kind of like a physical clown-like comedian, and so he fell over dead, and everybody cheered and laughed? You guys ever hear that story? Well, it's the end of that joke, and then the doctor gives him the, the what are those called? Uh, Yeah, you mean clear? And he goes, Doctor, but I am Pavarotti. Oh, that is that joke. I don't get cerebral humor. No, yeah, it's it's above us. The OC, the TV show, what's your relationship to it? I'm a new fan. I'm a new fan, and it's only because now I live in Orange County. Mm -hmm. When I lived in Riverside, I couldn't really support it. Are you watching it Because you didn't have TV. Because I didn't have TV. I didn't really know what it was. So basically, what I know about living in Riverside, uh, the government would just mail you VHS tapes of what they wanted you to see. And it was just like, North Korea It was great. all propaganda. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's really what childhood was. But then you moved here and you were able to see internet and TV There's so shows. much more to the world, guys. I feel cultured. Can we can we uh, lift up the curtain a little, get a little behind the curtain, show some leg? Mm-hmm. I've been to McKenna's family home. Oh, her right. ancestral. Really? It is stupid big. It is crazy the landscaping they've done to form a rock grotto for a pool. There's a thousand rooms in it. That's not that surprising. You can actually buy Riverside, the county, for $75. So how are much you, does that mean? Are your pants the robber barons of Riverside? Oh, <laughs> what a cool name. 
They're the Caleb Cohens of, uh, of Riverside County. Yeah. That's crazy. Which just means meth dealer. Yeah, that's right. really what it is. But uh-huh. you seem bougie, so like you seem class- classy. Right. And, but in Riverside, it's not hard to do. Oh, They're man. almost ready to graduate from meth to cocaine. It's crazy that it's called Riverside. There's no water in the county. No, no, we just got to dry riverbed. Yeah. Did you just- Why isn't it dry riverside? Dry side. Dry side. Keep going on this one. <laughs> Sand pit. Bit by yourself. <laughs> it's a little bit by myself. Uh, so you're a new fan. What, what, how far are you in? I'm still in season one. So, so are we. That's yeah, fine. Yeah. I think I'm on like episode like 13 or so. Okay. So a couple more, a couple of ahead of what we're, we're oh, talking what we're to doing today. Right now, yeah. Excellent. And wh- what are your general thoughts right now? Oh, it's amazing. It's the best show ever, but it's, um, it, <laughs> it's hard to listen to, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a donkey learned to talk. It's like, Which, the, like, it's so impressive, but it's also like, oh. It's like the Tales from the Crypt right reboot now? has a female Crypt Keeper. <laughs> I've gotten used to my voice sounding like this, so I don't realize how terrible uh, it sounds. Hopefully, <laughs> audience, you do too. Oh, Jesus. So you um, love it. I do love it. I think it's great. I think it's um, just... <laughs> Is it better than Riverdale? I like it better than Riverdale. Suck it, Taylor. <laughs> I do. Oh, no. It's um, unequivocally better than Riverdale. Well, it, I knew that. Yeah. It's got, like, more real moments. It's definitely got more life lessons, more applicable moments. But maybe that's because, like, I was in high school and some of the stuff they're talking about was relevant. Riverdale is just so... So over post- the top? Yeah. It's you don't care so about maple syrup crimes? Don't give a shit. <laughs> that hard-hitting topic that we all love. It's like Chris Pratt got blue to have form sentences. That's what it's like right now. Oh, yeah. That, all right. Yeah, sure. That definitely Was it, is that sense. the last one? Should we move on from now? <laughs> uh, okay. I'll I stop. can voice the dinosaurs from the next Jurassic World. <laughs> oh, I just got it. I didn't know yep. what the fuck you were talking about. I was just ready to nod. I was like, what fucking syrup is blue? What are we talking about? <laughs> Which is crazy because we have McKenna, who sounds like a vocal raptor. And then last week, Caitlin was on the show, who would only podcast as if she was a T-Rex. So <laughs> it's a dinosaur group. We're going to complete the circle. Don't worry. There's more to come. Uh, the last final question before we really dig into uh, this episode of the OC, which is all about Thanksgiving dinner, is I, I feel like we're, we're a family of podcasts. We have numerous podcasts. You guys have one. That's cool, I guess. But... All you guys, uh, so many of the unnatural twenties, and we should get to your show and what it does. You describe it in one sentence. Uh, we're a podcast that ro- leaves the fate of each episode up to the roll of a d twenty. Essentially, we have a adventure log that has a bunch of nerd topics on it, and whatever number we land on is what we talk about. Okay, hold on. But Kenna sounds like if Heath Ledger <laughs> was giving him a monologue now. <laughs> My Kenna sounds like you know those microphones that are out in space uh-huh. and are just picking up uh, universal static. Uh-huh. That's what it is. Did I already say static earlier? Am I going to the static well too much? Keep going to that static well, dude. It's just high pitched screechy. Go static. to the dynamic well. No, I got it. I got it. I got it. Uh, McKenna sounds like if Corn and Mudvayne got slammed together and had to play a song Mixtape! with no practice ever. Uh, you know what? I'm not gonna stop. This is just gonna go <laughs> for the whole hour. So the Unnatural 20s, uh, you guys, four fucked up 20-year-olds talk about nerdy shit. Uh, you've been on our shows all the time. We always say, we talk on Twitter, we talk about how we're all like this podcast family. What, what, is it because we're all too old? Yeah. You, We've all aged out of your show? aged out of our show. It's Menudo. It's podcasting Menudo. If they make Menudo. like a 30-sided dice, maybe the like. And Menudo is that uh, cold Spanish soup? <laughs> yeah, it's disgusting. Just heat that shit up, Ricky Martin. Put it in the microwave, bro. When we come back, we're going to talk about why summer took fucking forever, but now we're three months into school after two weeks. <laughs> it is Thanksgiving Day in the Cohen household, and everybody knows Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving is Seth's favorite holiday until the next holiday that shows up because he's a selfish fuck who declares every day is his. Not one month later. Not, not one month not later. Not but one month later. It's about 27 days later, which is not one month. Right. Kirsten, for once... Would love to cook Thanksgiving dinner. And that sets a panic around the house. Because she's not just... Like most bad cooks I know, especially if you're a mom, you make bland food, right? It's just not that flavorful. It seems like she is capable of burning a house down yeah, based like, on their reaction. It sounds like disaster is going to happen if they let her even near a spatula. So. Yeah. <laughs> What's fun, though, is... she'll take that spatula and she'll say, like, uh, I don't know, food, and then just jam it in her eye as hard as she can. And that is one of Dr. DJ Pop's hands, is that <laughs> Kirsten Igoo spatula. She doesn't even know where the pans are in her house. She goes, so we should make it, and then just walks in a circle around the kitchen island and goes, bagel? And they all start making the food so she doesn't have to. Uh-huh. But do you guys, are you capable of making any 
Thanksgiving side? Yes. What can you make? Vegetables. I mean, I have to ask because I'm from Riverside. Is that how Thanksgiving works? Because I, I didn't know. Well, Riverside is what? Like you heat up a shoe? I mean, my family packs up our shit and goes to the desert, uh, oh. which is different Even from to the a desert. worse land? It's a holiday. We yeah. should go further <laughs> into the. So, you know, I deep fried turkeys and that's all we did. So, uh, like, it, does deep fried turkey, is that including, like, the Colonel's crispy recipe? Like, is it is it breaded? No, no, you just throw it in a fryer. Yeah. I thought you had to bread things first. You have, like, you have this, like, tub of goo, and then you drop it in, and then you just, you uh, put a timer on and hope it doesn't explode, exactly, right? Exactly, yeah, or you don't catch a bunch of fire. Same like, rules for meth. <laughs> right. Tub of goo, put it on. Well, Riverside is That's all about, we... like, wait, is turkey like meth? Let's cook it like meth. Do y'all cook turkey the way uh, Eisenhower uh, cooked meth on Breaking Bad? Is this a joke? No, like, do you underwear? How did Eisenhower and- cook turkey <laughs> on that? In underwear and suit shirts? Oh, yeah, we all have to do that because otherwise we might steal turkey <laughs> from our turkey room. <laughs> Is that why you do it? It's to, to hide from thievery. Yes. I thought it was so warm. No, it's, it's to make sure that they're not taking product out with them. Oh, so Sandy's on the turkey, Ryan's on the cranberry sauce, Seth's on potatoes. Which is crazy because if you're, in a, if you're uh, cooking bras uh-huh. and underwear, then you have to wear meth everywhere. So you can't sneak out the bras and the underwear. Right. That totally makes you just, sense. You just flip it on your head. That's I, how... I often cook shirtless because it's very hot in my apartment. And oh, then bacon God. is dangerous. So I have just like bacon grease welts. Oh, fuck, man. <laughs> you are ruining my favorite holiday forever. Thanksgiving? Yes. Or breakfast? <laughs> breakfast is not my favorite holiday. Uh, but yeah, just you saying, oh, I, there's 20 people here, but I don't have enough food. I only have enough food for three. Oh, I'll take off my shirt, and then enough food for three is all we need. Because people don't want to eat anything. They're disgusting, because you have juicy nipples. <laughs> I think that's been well covered. We don't need to bring it up. No, I'm going to bring it up a couple more times. So Kirsten's on setting the table in phone duty, and Trey calls. Who, up until this moment, I completely forgot about. You, oh, I was going to ask. How do you feel about Trey right now? Forgot he existed. I really did not remember that Ryan was part of a different family. Uh, McKenna, when you watch, do you watch previously on's? Wait, what? Previously on the OC. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I... Trey's in there, and when they put the, pre- the him and the previously on, then you know, okay, we're gonna we're have gonna to go have to a Trey moment. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I knew that was happening. And maybe it's because everyone's on. gonna be dealt dinner trays, and so they're just reintroducing the word tray. Just to get you familiar with. Yeah, the just so we know what's going on. Yeah. So Ryan has to go see Trey in prison because it is Thanksgiving, and that is their family tradition. <laughs> and the one selfless Seth act of season one. He goes, this is my favorite holiday. I'll go with you. Were you surprised by that? No. I think, I think it's, it's very hard for Seth to be away from Ryan. Uh-huh. He's got a real Mike to me, Ryan relationship. Ryan, Ryan's are so magnetic. Yeah. It's, it's also, hard. it's very selfish. He just wants to see behind the curtain of what Chino's like. Oh, is that how you took it? Yeah, absolutely. He just wants to know what Ryan's other life was so he at, can like attach onto Ryan even more. At this point, how can you take any Seth decision other than that? It's just full of selfishness and uh, drama and exciting his life. I thought it was just the one good thing Seth had ever done. Yeah. Supportive? Yeah. That is not what how Seth That's do. not his middle name? No. And then Kiki, much like what you said, Books, Kiki says, I've gotten used to Ryan and the family. You kind of forget he has his own, which is real and fucking brutal. Yep. This kid's only been around for a couple months. And I got to say, and I don't know if this is like shit talking the Coens or this is normal. This is totally what would happen. But they forgot about his old family. Uh-huh. And then are pissed that there is one. Like he wants to go back and they're like, I guess if you have to. But I don't like any of this. Like they really don't want him to go back. It's until Sandy says, oh, shit. I gotta be Sandy. Well, I guess go say hi to your brother. But before that, they're like, they're not cool with it. I'm from the Bronx. I get it. Go say hi to your brother. And Ryan's like, that wasn't apropos of fucking anything. And then Kirsten gives him a pie to take to Trey. And she says it's store bought. And is that short for storage robot? It is. Is this yes. so this pie is just a robot that you can insert things into. You can put anything into it, not your dick, Trey. I know you're in prison. You can put anything into it so the other Ooh. mean boys in prison don't steal. I like things. the term dick tray. Dick tray? What books, what is a dick tray? A dick tray is a storage for dildos. Um, that's not bad. That's it's just the first drawer of your nightstand, right? Yeah. The locked one. <laughs> yeah, keep that shit locked. Obviously. I'd much rather have that than how I've seen most dildos just openly on the counter. 
if you're rich enough, I'm to a ha- private person. So <laughs> you need your dick tray. I need my dick tray. If you're rich enough to have a maid or a cleaner, um, but you are, are you embarrassed and so you lock it up, or do you get your dick tray so dirty that you actually leave it unlocked so she can go in and clean it, or you want to pretend to not be embarrassed so you leave it open a little so she cleans it and knows you get down with your good <laughs> self. I embrace who I am and she knows it and they stay clean, so it's like a win-win. Do they stay clean because she cleans them or because she uses them and cleans them? Jesus, Wait. I'm going to start locking that drawer now. Yeah, maybe we should start locking <laughs> the drawer. Are you saying the maid's genitalian butthole is cleaning other things, not just self-cleaning? Or are you saying she uses them and is a good person? And Do you think them? that when a girl finds a dildo, she puts it in her butthole? That's her first move? Is that what you're saying? I don't know what kind of girls you're Clean almost houses? married to, but I'm glad my fiance doesn't listen to this podcast. Ryan, what are we talking about? Oh, yeah. Throw it to me. Uh, but, yeah, so I don't think that the Cohens want him to go, but he has to, and they understand that, and so he does. And Marissa wants to go in a way that is, I think, proves that it's more important to her than it is to Seth. Seth is like, I'll go. He's like, nah. And he's like, cool, thank you. But Marissa forces herself into the situation. And this is also, so that this is starting. Marissa sneaks into the car, tells Ryan her mom's cool with it, her mom does not know about it at all. And we all know Julie Cooper. She's never been cool with anything. And then, meanwhile, at the house, to get it all started, they have invited Rachel, because Sandy's trying to get her off his dick, and they've invited Jimmy Cooper because Kirsten's trying to get him off her clit, and they're assuming they can just jam them together. Praying to God that they watch ESPN Classics. Oh, what if they just watch ESPN Classics and bond over that? Wouldn't that be gold? And by the way, it won't be. This is Rachel's last episode. She never comes up again. So yes, really, it That's seems a bummer. like it's gonna work, but it does not work. They, it, it, it I don't want to get too much into it yet, but they talk about like, isn't that crazy? We would never be together. By the end, they're like, so you want to watch some forty-year-old sports someday? Because Rachel's like, are you kidding? I want you want me to hook up with the biggest criminal in Newport Beach right now? And Jimmy's like, really? Her? <laughs> Look at her. We she need a, a better Jimmy impression because he sucks, but his voice is one of the best voices in history. Because of Hercules. Yes. How do you stand on Hercules books? One of the best Disney movies ever made. Oh my god! Give me five. Do you, is this? Do you think I need this right now? What's your best? Mu- what's you your favorite musical? Go Shut up, Brian. Go the distance is the best. Go the song distance from Hercules, but I won't say I'm in love. It's a top second. It's so it's, it's heartbreaking. So good. I remember being in sixth grade and a uh, fucking shitty French teacher put that on not in French because she just didn't feel like teaching, and I bawled out to that song. I won't say I'm in love. Wait, what does bald out mean? Does that <laughs> mean that you wore a dress to a ball? <laughs> yes, I wore a dress to a ball. Or you jerked off in the room. And all of the above. <laughs> so that is everything that's going on. Plus, Julie and Caleb's Thanksgiving dinner is ruined when their caterers get a flat, I think. And this is the kind of thing that the OC does, is they uh, will introduce characters in a situation that they're not needed for, except for drama, and say, like, uh, caterers got a flat, and the, the other characters will be like, Okay, come in and so our storyline can work, and then it'll just all happen. It's all happening. When we come back, it's going to be talking about the grown-ups. Kirsten and Sandy trying to set up Rachel and Jimmy, and then the other two chudge we just mentioned. Sandy and Kiki say they don't like drama. But my friends, ask me this. Would they blind date set up their friends if that was true? Personally, if you ever say you don't like drama, you fucking thrive on it. That's just my opinion. If you're going to tell me that, you love it. Um, also, it's the most awkward blind date. Like, who does a holiday blind date? That's dramatic in itself. With my wife's uh, best friend slash criminal and the girl that I work with that my wife thinks I want to bang or wants to bang me but and who clearly does tried to bang, to bang me. <laughs> at me. Uh, yeah, that is terrible. It's like they're trying to like say... Oh, we can sum up all of our problems right now if they just hook up. No, guys. That's not how Newport life works. I like the go getiveness of it. Like, what if we killed two problems with one stone? And they do walk in at some point. And I'm they sorry. Look- what if they killed two problems with one bone? No, no, no. Good interruption. <laughs> they, uh, they walk in, and they're like, they take their tour of the house, and they're like, look at Anna and Seth making her cornflake mm-hmm. yams or whatever she's doing. And then look at uh, Rachel and Jimmy watching ESPN Classic. They take this little, like, wine glass tour, and they say, like, everything is right in our house. And that's when the doorbell rings. That's when Caleb and Ding dong. Juku come in. But lead- leading up to that, they are awkward bumblefucks in the way they've never been because Jimmy walks in. 
And Kiki's like, new shirt? And Jimmy's like, I, I guess. And Sandy's compliment is, it's a tuck-in. And Jimmy's just like, uh, apparently. Well, Jimmy's got a Jimmy. It's suburban fucking Seinfeld. Is this your Jimmy's got a Jimmy? This is my Jimmy's got a Jimmy. Let's talk about Jimmy's got a Jimmy. He's got to tuck in his short. And that's, that's basically what makes him okay in front of Sandy and Kiki. It, that's what makes him feel confident about himself? No, that's what makes him pass their muster. So that's a compliment when Sandy goes, it's a tuck-in. At least he wore a tuck-in. It's like at least he wore a jacket? It's the same level? Right, basically, yeah. I assumed it was Sandy getting a weird dig at him because Sandy's shirt is not tucked in. Because like maybe is this my 2018 self is you don't tuck shirts in at all because dad's always tucking even t-shirts. So if you want to be cool, don't tuck shit in. Yeah, I, I think that's a good avenue to take for sure. I will always take that avenue and I will always get lost, Ryan, and you know that. My Jimmy's Got a Jimmy is the... He and Rachel are sitting down watching the aforementioned ESPN classics. And they're going, isn't it crazy? They're trying to hook us up. That would never happen. And Rachel means it. And Jimmy goes, yeah. And just stares at her like a freak. Because Rachel's a smoke show, right? She is a G-D-S-S. What does that mean? Goddamn smoke show. Okay. And then Jimmy is a criminal. Mm-hmm. Criminal. And, and not a sexy criminal. A white-collar criminal. Doesn't look like Hercules, but looks like the guy who would voice Hercules. Like, that's roughly what he is. Very apt. Uh, so Rachel is going to have to, I think, lower her bar a little bit. Well, her bar right now is Braddock's Finch, who is taken, so she needs to get over that shit. When Rachel comes in, her and Kirsten hug. She doesn't get to her, her fun. Everybody says a name, and then her gets to say, I'm Rachel. But they do the awkwardest, weird, I try to fuck your husband hug. Uh-huh. Is Rachel a fucking dirtbag? Well, we're going to have to go back a couple episodes, but... Rachel was not keeping Sandy late at night on the job because that's what the job required. Uh-huh. We learned that last episode that like she clearly wants to bang him out. There's pad tie on the floor. There's whale tail house. on the floor. There's whale tail on the floor, Mike. And that's a messy ass house if there's whale tail all over that floor. I do like so Kirsten and Sandy, bad at setting people up, but they know it. Oh yeah, they embrace it. Is that endearing? I think yeah, it's it's sweet that they like work together and fail together on this. Venture. Books. 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 <laughs> Books. I'll take it. Books. Uh, Books. I know you're pretty new to the show and you're only a few in. How do you feel about Kirsten's relationship to alcoholic beverages? Honestly, she was my favorite. Throughout this time, her, her drinking habit actually uh, just... Reminded I, you of yours? Yeah. yeah we're just, all now learning exactly how much it. Books <laughs> drinks. Like, books Some will people. be in the library. Because you're booked. Yeah. And then all of a sudden say like, oh, I want to check out this book. And you'll pull out a white bottle of wine from the shelf and then you'll pour a glass and then you'll drink it. So do you relate to her because of how much you're an alcoholic? Is this the best time for uh, intervention? Intervention. This might be the moment, but we're going to pass it by. Um, Because honestly, like she was the only person reacting appropriately to the nightmare that their Thanksgiving was. Everyone else was like, we're just going to try to roll with this. And she was like, no. There's margarita mix right. in the freezer. Oh, Kiki like, on the margs. <laughs> and I love the way that she switches drinks. She's like, wine can only do so much. I'm pulling the blender out, baby. Here, it's blender time. I do think we are backtracked two minutes ago. We started the, everybody's new favorite segment. Why don't you have another one, Kirsten? Ryan, do you have a specific? Because Kirsten be drinking up a storm this whole app. I think that this is the... Kirsten's been drinking, right? Kirsten's KBD. be drinking. Kirsten's, Kirsten's be drinking. be uh, for this entire time, but this is the one where it really comes into the, the I don't know, the forefront. And this is the one where Sandy says, why don't you calm down on that? Oh, and she's like, don't you fucking dare you tell me how tell to handle this shit. Calm down. Because this is the day, she, Kirsten drinks too much, but this is the day where she should be drinking everything that comes in her vision. Do you have one that stands out? Honestly, all I can think about is the moment where um, they're trying to stop her from cooking uh-huh. and seth says like don't touch anything and she goes i'm just re- limiting myself to opening the wine bottles yeah and he's like okay that you can handle and that hints at a bigger problem right? if your mom's best skill seth is, is opening perceptive. wine bottles she says i feel very confident in that skill and he goes no argument there that is a sad emotionally abused kid who knows how much you fucking drink uh mine is that the, so they do the fun let's walk and watch seth and anna flirt and rachel and jimmy flirt but then when the gruesome twosome show up that's just Sandy's way of saying hello. Sandy Wisdom. Uh, is that your Sandy Wisdom? That's my Sandy Wisdom. So we're in a Sandy Wisdom in the middle of a Kirsten. Yeah, Why don't you pour another that one? happens, dude. Who knows what's going to happen? It's crazy here at the OCD house. Uh, Kirsten, they, they do the, the negative version. And they're seeing everybody fight. And Kirsten just pours more and more and more after she's... And then Kiki's on the marks. 
Also, I don't know if you guys have ever been a bartender or a wine drinker, but there's like a three-finger rule with wine glasses and how much wine you should go in. And so that's a glass of wine for you and your guests. Mm-hmm. Kiki, in this episode, breaks that rule so hard, and she's going to the tippy-tippy top of every glass she pours. That's how a 20-year-old pours wine. <laughs> Get me that box of Franzia, friend. We're filling up this glass. Because I would like one-third of a box of Franzia, please. Have you guys watched ESPN Classics ever? I have. That, was that a no? That was a hard no. Uh, actually, no, I, that's a lie. I have, but only because my boyfriend will turn them on when I want to read instead of like watch TV. And now all of a sudden you're doing your best reading. Exactly. Because there is nothing. Nothing to distract me. Right. Nothing better to pull my attention. Yeah, it's better than silence because of how much you are into your book mm-hmm. now because of who gives a shit about exactly. these two 1960s football teams. Does are you he, kidding me right now? Does he find ESPN Classics soothing? Unfortunately, he enjoys them, yes. And it, we watched this episode together, and he was like, it is soothing. And I was like, fuck you. So you are no Jimmy and Rachel, which means no. you guys are going to make it. Yeah, exactly. Ryan, yeah. classics, soothing? No, I like. I, I, I know that it's a channel that exists. I have uh, seen minutes of it. I've never stopped for that long. But my biggest problem here is that uh, what it's like to watch TV, like fictional characters watch sports. They don't know how to do it ever. And I've been to like Super Bowl parties. I've been to like watching World Series with people in a bar. And it's all so natural. But in a TV show, and this is when the OC really fails me, they're like, oh, oh, you go, oh, you go. go. I hope you, you can score make it. the I touchdown. Hope you will score it. Dolphins versus Giants, I love you. One Get of the, the teams touchdown. are my favorite. I am a Dolphin fan and not a Giant fan. And that I'm is a not a thing fan, you not say. A Dolphin fan. Oh, Here's a mellow orgasm. And they all like pound their knee. Like that's not a thing that actually happens while you're watching sports. Jimmy's awkward hand movement of when they were doing the touchdown. I honestly thought he was reaching for the like stretch to put his arm over because it was so exaggerated. That would have made more sense. I really thought I had to pause it. I was like, wait, he's not going to try to make a move. He was honestly just cheering them on. They both might as well have said what Mike thinks when I watch sports of just watching the TV and go, sport, 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 if they had just put a football game in front of them, they would have both reacted as if they were watching a football game. But they have to read these lines. Look at the quarterback throw a touchdown score point. Books, have you ever hosted a holiday meal, Thanksgiving meal? I mean, my family has, but not personally, no. Okay, so you've been part of it. Yeah. When you're, when you're hosting or your parents are hosting a party, do they immediately ignore all their guests and go in other rooms instead only to sometimes Scooby-Doo and peek their heads out and watch them? Well, no, if they're trying no, to throw that's a weird. party. But yeah, if they're trying to set two people up. But normally you have like more family over. Right. It's, it's weird, but at a certain point, the people there are Jimmy and Rachel, who they're trying to fuck party, as you eloquently said. Who aren't and in then, the actual living room, mind you, next to the kitchen. They're in like a den. A weird hidden fuck yeah. den. The cigar and brandy room. Mm, and then Seth and Anna, who they're trying to hide from because they also want them to fuck. Is that why? Well, yeah, because Anna uh, walks right into the kitchen and starts making her sweet potatoes. Sweet potato cornflake crunch. Yeah, and she's like, you'll eat your words. What does she say? What is her very clever She says, something's anathema. And then Sandy is fucking into it. He's At first, he was just into Anna because she's a girl into his son. And then she says anathema, and he goes, damn. Which is crazy because that's just her last name. Her name is Anathema. Anathema. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Uh, But yeah. They don't, this wasn't their intention, but they're just throwing a fuck party. <laughs> and then even more so when Caleb and Julie show up, because the scene where it's Rachel, Caleb, Julie, Jimmy, there's so much negative tension there, but negative tension, as we all know, will always lead into sexual tension. Of course. And all four of them are going to get down with each other. We saw what happened with Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock on a bus. We all saw that. We all saw that. We all saw that. Do you know what that is? Are you too young? Too young. Imagine a world where a bus can't slow down. Are you into it? Already sucked in. Now throw in Sandy Bullock's and Keanu Reeves almost fucking the whole time. If you don't have a nickname for Keanu Reeves, you can just move on. You don't (laughs) don't say Keanu Reeves. He's not a box of cereal. Sometimes you don't know what's going to come out. You just start talking, Ryan, and that's how podcasts are formed. 
when we come back, we are going to talk about Seth and his ladies and his little love triangle. You guys, before we get into the love triangle that is Thanksgiving Day, can we talk about everybody's new favorite segment, Orange Couture? Sure. Ryan, what's yours? I loved the orange couture of Marissa's outfit, which was very tight sweater, very high shorts mm-hmm. or skirt. I can't remember, but orange Scorts. and brown. Like she still had the Thanksgiving colors mm-hmm. going into Thanksgiving. What the pilgrims wore. What the? <laughs> this is exactly what the pilgrims wore if they wanted to hook up with a different pilgrim in that pilgrim's pool house. <laughs> Books, did you have uh, an outfit that stood out? Uh, you know, I really, really like um, Seth's sweater vest because... <laughs> high five, that's just, mine. That was a fail of a high right, five. Let's do I'm it again. Sorry. There we go. Audible. This segment is brought to you by Audible.com. Uh, Seth's outfit I wore constantly throughout high school. It's the Argyle sweater with a button-up out, and I had numerous Argyles. It really spoke to me. Did you not tuck in the undershirt but leave it hanging out? That's how people know you cool. That's the cool way to do it. Right? But it only works if it's I'm a... I'm learning so much. It's only I had the girl version of that. What like, does that mean? I, the same thing. It's just fitting Stop screaming at us. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. Screeching out. Very aggressive. Um, no, I had, I had the Argyle sweater with like the feminine... Little mm. that, that that means just l- a little lower cut than a dude's. Exactly, is that all it means? And it's more fitted, shows off, you know. Your love handles. That's what mine showed off. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing is that fitted. if I get something uh, mine fitted, mine was still baggy because I'm built like you know a twelve year old. So. Anything that's fitted for me uh, just has arrows pointing to my love handles. So <laughs> it's that that would be hard for me. Just to wear. glowing and blinking. Yeah, which is mean of your tailor. It's like green Hulk hands just pointing <laughs> they right do at them. that. So that means nothing. This segment of Orange Couture, <laughs> Nothing Means Anything, is brought to you by Existentialism and Patreon.com slash filter, where you could pay to get this very episode and some bonus content. Orange Couture, find your own. Let's talk about the love triangle. Anna was actually invited to Thanksgiving because Seth thinks he wants to date her. Is that true at this point? You tell me. I've, I've seen a bunch of episodes. I don't think I think Seth wants the confidence booster of having a girl who's interested in him around. Uh, he doesn't want to date her. No. He just likes that she's interested. So basically to bring this back into my old ass terms is that uh, summer is the Apollo Creed and <laughs> Seth is the Mickey in the corner going, you got this rock. Go get him rock. <laughs> and because last episode, does does he did Anna fully articulate that? Yes, I want your bones, your skinny, skinny, gross bones. To Ryan, but not to Seth. So she, okay. Ryan articulates it to Seth. So Seth on paper, which anytime somebody says that, you know they're hiding things and are a monster. Seth on paper is in the clear. Trump is a good president on, on paper. No, that's not true. <laughs> we haven't even seen the fucking paper. Do you know how dirty this tax returns probably? All right, are? I apologize for on everything paper I just said. Dirt bag. But here's why Anna rules. She comes in. She meets Caleb Nickel and goes. I've heard so many harsh things about you, but I think you're a little teddy bear underneath. So she woos him, and he says something gross like, I like your moxie, which just means I like your 17-year-old butt. And then she jumps on him about the heights. And she knows facts. She has figures and statistics. So it's hard for us to root against Anna at this point, right? Uh-huh. Like we sh- we're all Team Anna. Like there's no way but that we're Team Summer or Seth. It's Team Anna. You're not Team Anna and Seth, right? Because in my book, Anna can do so much better. She could do so much better, but so could Summer. Everybody could do so. Much. No, we're not Team anybody plus Seth. Like Anna could find someone who wears a sweater and then tucks in their shirt, like a normal upstanding gentleman <laughs> yes. would do. Exactly. Or somebody who wouldn't two time her. Somebody who just treats her like a fucking person named Mike Gravano. I have a thing for Anna. Has that come up on the show? Somebody's got a thing for Anna. (laughs) And you already said it. Uh, And then Summer shows up. And in a very confident adult way that Summer isn't usually like, she says, maybe we should talk about what didn't happen on the yacht, which is clever and fun. But then she jumps on him in that pool house. And all of a sudden, we're in the middle of a sitcom. And in most sitcoms, the reasons for splitting them up and like doing these sitcom things are stupid. This one makes sense to me. I, I, I do have to admit that if I had to think about what to do in this moment, I would separate them and try and figure it out later. What would you do, Books, if you had two people you wanted to sort of maybe bone? Would you split them up or would you tell the one who was not invited to your house that they have to leave until it's not a holiday? Honestly, like knowing that Summer's the one he's actually genuinely interested in, I would just invite Summer in and then piss Anna off and then you solve all your problems because you get the girl that you want. But Sandy sits... I like Seth- that cold-bloodedness. That's dope. <laughs> 
<laughs> Sandy sits sat down in this episode and says, like, you have to tell Anna. And he's like, okay, well, um, but... Okay, then you have to tell Summer. But, like, Seth is confused yeah. right now. Yeah, he's not sold on one or the other. And also, he's not choosing his one true love, Ryan Atwood. So he's trying to pretend that he's a straight guy. Because he got rejected from Ryan. Right. He didn't get to go to Chino, so... <laughs> It, that would be just a little too minty for Seth. So he is the biggest homophobe of the show, even though he never says the F word. But he, he can't fully admit that he loves those leather cuffs on that leather Ryan. And he calls him Leather Ryan. <laughs> and then winks like that. Please don't wink at me ever again. Uh, so him and S- Summer start making out in that pool house, which is what a pool house is for. And Seth goes, I need to check on the green beans. And then, <laughs> and then runs away. You, you missed his best commentary, though. What? Like, if a guy is making out with me and then stops it to say, this is happening. <laughs> like, I'm stopping it right there. Yeah. It's Wait, not going any That's further. not a turn on? <laughs> Dress for the job you want. And Seth is dressing for the job that he clearly should not have. Exactly. Saying, like, I can't believe this is happening. Like, I would very much like to meet Tigger from <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. But if I met him, I would be like Seth is with Summer right now. Settle down, bud, and dress for the job that you want. So that sucks. A cooler Seth line later, like the second or third time he goes to make out with Summer, is he like rips off his stupid Argyle sweater and jumps on her, and then she stops and goes, way to take charge, Cohen, which is a sexier way of interrupting the makeout session. Yeah, nobody's arguing that Summer is better at this than Seth is. Yeah, she's met at a time or two in her life. Well, although we will find out later that she is in the B-Club, guys. I don't know. Aren't we all? Seth runs up to his bedroom where he's hidden Anna. And she jumps on him because he's like, it, look at my bedroom. Here's Captain, Captain Oates. Oates. And she's like, you didn't. She does this weird, very Auntie Anna voice, which is like Jessica Rabbit meets a baby. <laughs> she goes, you didn't bring me here to introduce me to Captain Oates. And then starts making out hardcore. This is your sexy girl voice that you're doing right now? I can't do you're, it. You're making us all bear witness to this sexy girl voice? Yeah. Don't you like it? I feel like McKenna's been doing it for this I entire was, episode. I can take over. I've got this down. Did y'all hey, ever watch Seth, Venture Brothers? I love Captain Oates. I think I know why I like McKenna specifically today. Did you guys watch the Venture Brothers ever? No, no. a little there's, bit. There's a character called Dr. Girlfriend who is very curvy, a, a sexy cartoon, but she talks like this. And you're, it's Everybody's into it. I'm not weird. <laughs> this is So what you're saying is that... Huh? Is, okay. <laughs> we'll move past that as... Fast so as fucking possible. Seth and, Seth and Summer and Seth and Anna make out. Seth calls Ryan. Would you call Ryan knowing what he's dealing with in this fucking instance? Well, Seth has like blinders on, like your horse would, your Captain Oates, and has no idea that Ryan could actually be going through something too. Ryan mentions that, oh, I'm going through the exact same thing as you are, but Seth has no options when he's in a, like, in a corner to say, oh, I have to call Ryan. And Ryan handles it. It's weird on a phone conversation with Ryan giving him all of his look conversations because uh-huh. Seth can't hear those looks. But eventually Ryan says, yeah, I'm dealing with this too. Bye. Bye. And then it all comes to a head. We're both ladies running. I assume the kitchen's on fire. That's what it feels like at that point. Yeah. Kirsten burnt the turkey. Kirsten burnt the turkey, which feels like a euphemism. But this whole time we are watching... Like a full-on Three's Company Frasier episode of wacky antics of Seth running upstairs, pool house, upstairs, pool house. And both girls just keep staying into him. Yeah, and they just hang out in their hi- hidden corners, too. What are they doing? At one point, Anna plays Scrabble with a horse. It's Jenga. Jenga, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Idiot. Wood tile game. And then she just grabs babies out that she thinks it's his lack of opposable thumbs that gives her a certain advantage. Once again, proving Anna is the best. She's awesome as shit. And then summer. we uh, we can't move past summer trying to figure out whether or not to call Sandy a hot dad or a normal dad. Oh, or- yeah, because Sandy walks in and she goes back so soon. And Sandy's like, ah. Uh. He's like, you're not Rachel. I mean, here's <laughs> my, my wife. My and, then he, and then he sprints away while she goes, Dilf, Dilf, Dilf. <laughs> Why would she scream <laughs> that? It's awkward for everybody, Summer. Sandy is pretty understanding, which leads us to this episode's version of Sandy Wisdom. It is, Ryan, I think you brought it up before, Sandy saying, you gotta tell these girls what you want. Mm. That's good-ass advice from a dad. It's true, but I think that's basic advice. My Sandy Wisdom for this episode is, if you ever meet a couple that makes you sick, you call them the gruesome twosome. <laughs> that is how you handle it. That I wrote it down, actually, and I like highlighted it because that's my favorite Sandy line from this entire episode. And it's not shit-talking. It's not like from another room. He straight no, up looks at them and says, you're the gruesome twosome. 
Like, there's no hiding. You two are the grossest people I could ever meet right now. So. And that's Caleb and Julie, right? Yeah. And it's hard. Imagine that if like uh, Donald Trump hung out with Dr. Doom. Like this is in Sandy's world. This is what's going on right now. Save your comic book pitches for off air, bro. Marvel might buy this up. I would read that. <laughs> Who wouldn't read that right now? Other presidents have been in comic books. Uh, the gruesome twosome, that echoes back to, because Kirsten says, that means hello and Sandy, which echoes back to Rachel goes, nice house. It's very, very tiny. And she, Sandy says, that means hello and Rachel. Right. So it's just showing more and more Interpretation. how they are close to each other. Those two kids who should never fucking fuck. Because of whale tails and whatnot. Because of whale tails. Never fuck a whale tail. It's illegal bestiality. Where are we talking about? So it all comes to a head. Kirsten fucking what? birthed That's that not turkey. even a question. <laughs> How would we answer the question, where are we talking about? Sorry, uh, go ahead. Orange County, the OC. That's where we're talking about. When it all comes to a head and the girls start yelling at Seth, Julie has the biggest smirk in the world. Julie loves this shit. Okay, so but yet. Kiki also breaks attention. Because she says, I always knew you were a late bloomer. Yeah. To just shit on her That's side a little so bit more. Funny. She can't stop doing <laughs> it. <laughs> Seth goes to school with so many bullies. Kiki is the biggest <laughs> one. She's like, fuck this little weirdo. And Caleb's laughing. It's very funny. Everybody basically points at Seth and laughs for ruining these moments. I can't believe how in this moment, and this is why we tune into the show, is to watch this stuff happen. Caleb and Julie have the same face as we do. I'm just like, drama, yeah, let's what? do this. Other people are causing problems that aren't us? I didn't know that could happen. Right. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about Chino, and more importantly, today's comic book connection. This episode's comic connection is brought to you by podcasts. Ryan, talk about podcasts. There's so many podcasts that you can get. Please make sure that you are rating and reviewing and subscribing to the OCD Movie of the Year. Taylor Talking Taylor, Writer's Block, and Unnatural 20s. And the Superhero Hour Hour. Nah, fuck that one. Fuck that one. We don't like that one. Yeah, it's stupid. Have we already talked about the Unnatural 20s, what you guys are all about? We did, yeah. Cool. iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. Find it all in all those places. Podcasts. Brought to you by the Comic Book Connection. Ryan, what's your comic connection in this episode? Well, once Seth realizes that Ryan is going to the prison, he's like, here, I have something for you to take to your brother. It's not porno. It's not chocolate. And those are the two things that anybody in prison needs. Because that's it's, money. It's the new episode of, te- or the new issue <laughs> of Teen Titans. The new episode of Teen Titans is coming out later this month. Fuck Batman. <laughs> Fuck Batman. Um, and then Ryan says, well, Legion was cooler. Which has never been true in the history of those two comic books. Unless they're prescient and new Legion, the TV show, would no. be infinitely cooler. They're not talking about Legion with David Holler. They're talking about Legion of Superheroes with Matter Eater Lad. Oh, really? Legion of Superheroes? Yes. No, they're not. Yes, they're they talking are. about Legion, the big ass hair. No, they're not. Are you serious? Yes. This is a DC show. They're all about the DC. They're talking about Legion. They're talking about Lost. I thought it was David Holler. I don't, and you're wrong. And I'm Nobody telling, I'm would ever say Legion of Heroes. Legion of Saturn Girl? Ryan, like Saturn Girl over the Teen Titans? Yes, no. We're talking about oh! Legion of Superheroes. Gross. And he just calls it Legion like they're friends? The new Legion was cooler. No. That's not true. He's not talking about big hair David no, Holler? No, he's not talking about big hair David Holler. I hate this. Holler. Ryan and Marissa are in Chino. Marissa manipulates her way into going there because she's a liar, liar who lies all the time because she's one of the worst people on the show. Thoughts? Is that a question? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and when they go there, they meet Teresa because where Ryan has to go to Chino after Trey manipulates him. Ryan's very manipulatable. And Trey goes, I'm going to die if you don't take this hot car. And they say hot car a thousand times in this episode <laughs> to this other hot place. It's all right. We said hot shit on the last episode so many times. I feel like we can say hot car a bunch. Hot car. And then at one point, uh, once Teresa comes in, Ryan says the Teresa has been released, which I thought was a weird line. What does it mean? Teresa's now on the show. I don't get it. Announcing it? Yeah. Just Teresa's been released. Mm. I feel so on Ryan. And he had had a microphone that came down from the sky. And just announce it like that. But he's now in Chino, so it's a different Ryan that different we're getting, Ryan. so it makes sense. Well, you can tell because of the grainy sort of camera. Yeah. You see how it was filmed differently? Because Chino's a different place. Now, books, you were raised in somewhere pretty close to Chino that's disgusting. How Chino accurate is this Chino? It feels pretty pretty real. Really? Pretty accurate. Yeah, well, from the area of Chino that Ryan's supposed to be from, yeah, like that's... 
I assumed the way this show treats anything that's not Newport that Chino was also billion dollar houses. Chino Hills is. Oh, the hills. Well, yeah, if you if you have a city and then you want a, a better city, you add hills to the end of the name of the city. And then it becomes classier. We also have an Anaheim Hills. Mm-hmm. Is that better than Anaheim? I think so. Yeah. It's on hills. It is on hills yeah. where you can overlook all the grossness. Yeah. That's what Mufasa taught us. Garden yeah. Grove Hills. That's a prison. Huntington so, Beach uh, Hills? No, you can't have anything better than Huntington Beach. Because beaches are better than hills. If you play Beach Hills Mountains, Beach always wins. Right? Yep. Don't just yup that. <laughs> Come on. I want to watch you s- fucking sit there in what you just <laughs> created. So they meet Teresa, who eventually reveals that she and Ryan dated. What would you with say? The, with w- the best opening line, sorry, of... Oh, you've been gone for a year, and you just want to ask me about my stupid yeah. brother? My fucking stupid brother? My stupid brother. fucking brother named Oturo? What would you say Ryan's thing is when he looks for a girl? Down Based on meeting Teresa. And then Marissa. Strength? It's convenience, guys. No. Because Marissa goes, Teresa says, I was the girl next door. And Marissa goes, so was I. Ryan just goes, uh, you're next to me. So you think eventually he's going to move into like a retirement home and just bang out a bunch of old ladies? If they're next to him, I guess. I don't know what that means. Do you guys watch Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? Yes. No. There here's a rare Crazy Ex-Girlfriend sighting. Okay. Fucking watch it. It's one of the best shows on TV right now. Do you recognize Ryan's neighbor's mom? Mrs. No. Hernandez? Mm-mm. It's Mrs. Hernandez Oh, from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. The character who does not talk, who's Paula's best friend? No way. It's a very young Mrs. Hernandez. That's crazy. I got excited. End of thing. <laughs> where, where, where did, do you learn a lot about Ryan meeting Teresa? No, but they act like you do. Speak more on that. What does that mean? Because they act like Marissa is getting this huge insight to Ryan's upbringing and life and childhood and like the why he is the way he is, which is moody and kind of you know withdrawn and doesn't trust people. But really, all you find out was that he was Snoopy in a musical. I think it's cool when people act that tough and hard like Atwood does to find out that there was a past and you were capable of being in musicals. Mm-hmm. That's, I guess, what we have to... To build. Yeah, on, yeah, and just like he's a normal person. I don't know why you didn't think he was. Like, just because he wears white beaters and leather brace- bracelets, he's still a normal person. So more of that, I forgot Ryan had a family. I forgot Ryan right. had a past mm-hmm. and that he was a little kid who didn't just flip cars. And that's Teresa's problem, I think, is that, hey, Marissa, like, he didn't just appear one day next door to you. Like, he had 15 or 16 years of being a different person before that. And the unspoken message is, and he'll do it to you, too. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> Teresa's not cool. Yeah, she talks mad shit. Also, man, just when we think that we're out of bad brow land, we get to Teresa, still needs to find a new place for her brows. Who, ter- I, I know like pictures of, in the past in TV shows and movies are hard, but the, the picture of Ryan and Teresa at the winter, for, or the, the winter dance mm-hmm. the year before he went to Newport, Teresa grew up a lot in a year, almost like it, she was a completely different yeah, person. Yeah, not even the same person. <laughs> and I know teenagers grow a lot and change, but that was bananas. It's crazy how you can watch a girl grow up and like... Her ears grow down. Become a woman. And no, it's not the ears. It's the, uh, uh, like, the giantness of the, like, hoop earrings. <laughs> like, you go up and then you go down. You got to get up to get down. Right. I think is what they say about hoop earrings. Through all this getting to know Ryan drama and dealing with the hot car, Ryan learns Marissa was lying. Because in Seth's rude call to how do I deal with this love triangle, Ryan says, I'm dealing with my own. Seth's like, and Marissa's mom's here. And she doesn't know where Marissa is. And everybody's pissed. Ryan's line in the sand is lying, and he screams at Marissa, not for the last time. Does he give it to her too hard, not hard enough, or perfectly? I think that it is, I don't like how he treats her, especially because we're in a story, and she's important to pulling up when Ryan is in danger Mm -hmm. and having him get in that car. And the amount of lying that she did, I think, is super okay. But that is the act two of their story. Is he Henry and the Hendersons, her? Says, go away. I'll take a bus. Take my car. Get out of here. I don't need you. He says, take my car, please. Please. Which is weird. It's a hilarious old vaudeville joke. And then he gets the shit kicked out of him by guys who hate Trey. And then she rolls up and goes, get in. And he goes, what are you doing? She says, I followed you. A rare Ryan moment. He says, good idea. So he can admit when he was wrong. Right. And so we all learned something. Even though we didn't learn that much. I like that a lot, that this episode treats it like we learned so fucking much about Ryan, and we don't. 
We know the same fucking Ryan we've always known. He did play Snoopy. He, he played Snoopy. Snoopy, and everybody wants to talk about it. Now, Snoopy is a character who notoriously does not talk. He understands when a bird says scratch lines to him, but doesn't talk that much, right? Mm-hmm. Makes, uh-huh. makes little squeals, I guess. But doesn't that feel like the perfect character for Ryan to play in a musical? Yeah, Snoopy. Just squeals? Conveniently, they like, can communicate only through looks. Yeah, or He's- if Schroeder gets on the piano... Ryan can jump on that piano and like do that one dance, mm-hmm. you know? Ryan has one dance move, but everybody loves it. Everybody, of course, loves it. Do you think it's coming back to the club? The Snoopy dance? The Snoop? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, I do, Mike. So the end of the episode, everybody wraps up. All the dinner was ruined because Kirsten actually did get close to it. And so everybody is still in separate rooms of this giant fucking mansion that it's easy to forget. They're the richest of the rich and don't care about the poor like us. They order Chinese food, but they're all separate eating Thanksgiving. Okay, so I have a question about just ordering Chinese food. Uh huh. Do you guys ask? Because you've never done it before. I've never done it before, and I've never like had the classic TV. You know, the white boxes with the red buildings on them. Mm-hmm. Do you guys just order nine of like nine things, and then everybody passes them around? Yes. Do you mm-hmm. go out and you ask people which of the one things that they want? If you want an hour-long ordering process, you do that one. I don't want that. Or you that. just assume that everyone's going to want a little bit of something. So we, it's family style, right? Yeah. We just pass around the things, pass, life, pass, give. Life hack, everybody wants orange chicken, order three of those. True. Sure, yeah. That's and fried rice. And fri- Yeah, and sometimes fried rice just comes with whatever else you order. But like, at some point, there's like lizard tails. I don't understand that. You're, mm. you're <laughs> don't know where you're ordering from. But. Uh, Racist McGee Central, that's where you're ordering from. It's from a restaurant run by a witch. Oh, yeah. no, Witch's Brew? They make fucking good-ass lizard tails. Have you tried their Eye of Newt? I have not tried their Eye of Newt. It fucks you up. Wait, it gets you drunk? Yeah. <laughs> eye Newt goes crazy. It's just a little, like, like a turmeric shot or a ginger shot, and you just go... <laughs> you swallow it like you swallow that worm in tequila, and then you fly high, my friend. But they all seem to, like, be eating out of their own thing. Did they? Do you go around and do you, like... Do you have a plate? I think in this... Or do you, like, pour... From white carton to white carton into white carton, and then have your own white carton. I don't well, understand how this works. Like I mean, usually, pizza, you just grab a slice. You like put it on a table. Wait, everybody just grabs. A you shit dump it all on a table. Oh yeah. Is, is this why out. you don't like Chinese food? Is because it confuses you? Yes. I always thought it's because you had an, an uncultured me. palate, but it's because you just get so confused you by the understand logistics it. of it all. It's pl- plus the MSG. That's know? a lie. Like I hate the Knicks. Oh I do no, not that's like racism. Square Garden. Oh. If you don't like Madison Square Garden, you're a racist. Oh, I understand. They've proven it with science. It just means salt. Okay. The so big salty. That's what they call Madison Square Garden if you've lived in New York, and you would know that if you ever lived in New York. So everybody's eating, and they're happy, forgetting all their dramas. And then Seth goes, how was it? And Ryan says, it's good to be home. And everybody cries. Because he means home by Newport. Because Newport is home. Wow. Guys. And Seth throws, he's the true... Fucking homophobe, because he says, you're in musicals, that's pretty minty, and we all learned what minty meant a couple episodes ago, which made me very sad. Well, we didn't learn from Seth. We learned outside of this, but yes. now we know for sure. He says, uh, you were in a musical, that's minty. Now it's clearly a homophobic term. And it's a bummer. What, if somebody calls something minty, do you know what that means? No idea. Thought Are it was you like learning fresh. right now? I'm that's what right I thought. That's it was what fresh. we thought it meant, and it was such like a fun fresh. thing. Minty but is fresh. Yeah. Minty is fresh, and Seth fucking sucks. That is this episode. McKenna, what website is this episode brought to you by? This web- episode is brought to you by yourpopfilter.com. And what happens there? Your Pop Filter, you can find a lot of cool podcasts that you should also check out. And uh, these two awesome people are also on those podcasts. So nice. This group is too nice. <laughs> Ryan, social meds. And uh, now I just talk shit on, on Natural 20s. That yeah, that's your moment, yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, social media, please go to follow us on Twitter at your pop filter and then facebook.com slash your pop filter. If you follow us on Twitter, I think you're getting like what every two hours, something that will change your mind about Blow your, your mind. entire life. Yeah. And then on facebook.com slash your pop filter. It's there too. It's there too. If you want to shop, but you want to stick it to Jeff Bezos, go to yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. It's exactly like your normal Amazon experience, but you bookmark that and it helps us out a little throws us a few shekels, a few ducats, a few gold coins every time you shop from yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. If you wanted to email us, how would you do that? That feels rude to you. I'm going to point to Ryan. No, we can't do it. Uh, I think it's yourpopfilter at gmail.com. Oh, my God, you 
fucked it up. Damn it. Fucked everything up. You never listen to our outros? I don't. How dare you? I stopped the episode right then because I could just talk to you guys. We're not like the Unnatural 20s. We own a website. So we oh, go well, to fuck you. contact at yourpopfilter.com is how you should email us. She did <laughs> She did just say fuck you, which that, is like the least support of any Unnatural I do. 20 I has like ever that. been. They're growing. I appreciate that. Uh, contact at yourpopfilter.com is the way to email us. Dial 1562-DRDJPOP. That's 1562-DRDJPOP to leave a voicemail with us and let us know how McKenna doesn't have her own website. <laughs> <laughs> or you could do it with your voice box. Give us a little ring-a-ding-ding. Wait, you did that. I did that. You yeah. literally what just is wrong that. with you? I'm not listening. Why would I listen to you? That <laughs> is like, the see, show. See, that's why I don't listen to your answers either. You don't even do it. 50 first dates all over again. <laughs> that is, don't make fun of my head injury. That is this episode. Next week, we will be talking about Luke's dad and the things that come out there. But until Wait, then. Wait, what do you mean by come out? Fuck Seth Cohen. Stay gay. California.